jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! Nyangaseyo! Uh, right before we started recording, uh, Anthony informed me that Joey Tomatoes is dead. Joey Tomatoes has walked on, as it were. I had no idea, because Joey Tomatoes and I were very close. <laughs> but you should have known, Stacy. <laughs> yeah, you'd think I would know. Joey Tomatoes passed, and the franchise, you know, the, 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 the home, the home, um... What's it called? The flagship location burnt down. Oh. Um, we don't know if it was insurance or not, but then the, the Tomatoes family is really reeling. I see. This is all new to- I Forgive me, <laughs> listeners, if I'm a little uh, shocked over this. It's definitely news to me. I made an offhand Joey Tomatoes uh, comment right before we started recording, and Anthony said, oh, R.I.P. Joey Tomatoes. <laughs> Joey hasn't been around for a while. I guess. I guess uh, his death explains it. His death. Well, what, what, this begs the question: What does happen to old Gaylord's characters of the past? You know, Deborah Hill. Well, we know she's a ghost. <laughs> but like, where's she? Where's Penny Marshall? Where's Penny Marshall? Joey Tomatoes, though. Yeah, an icon gone too soon. Yeah. Well. I I don't know. I came into this episode. I was ready to talk about uh, rabies, but <laughs> then you just knocked me off my feet with this Joey Tomatoes news. So maybe he Is died it... of rabies. I don't know. Rabies? I well, I decided recently that I'm very afraid of rabies. <laughs> just settled on this yeah well uh, let's be real uh rabies is just kind of a, a part of a pop culture thing right it's like i mean think of peewee's big adventure where he's brushing his teeth and he's like hur, hur, you know like it's just like oh yeah. look at me i have rabies ha 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 rabies is one yeah. of the worst things in the world and it's real bad it's real bad and i just feel like we were not properly educated on the dangers of rabies and how awful it is but as an adult i have educated myself and i say no thank you yeah, yeah. versus everybody else it's like, <laughs> yeah well i don't you treat stop like your tearing me keeping me from getting my rabies listen someone died last year because he he woke up with a bat on his neck what and refused to go get treatment, and he died a month later. What? The back was like the bat was suckling on the neck. Well, I don't know. Suckling was not used as a term. Oh, they didn't. They didn't get that specific. But listen, if you wake up anywhere, your bedroom, a tent, your lover's back seat. If you wake up anywhere and there is a random bat in the vicinity, you get yourself to the ER and you get a rabies vaccine. Thank you. This has been Don't my sc- PSA. 
Do the squirrels have rabies? Didn't you tell me that? I don't know if squirrels do. It's it's all the cute garbage animals, though, like raccoons and skunks and foxes and bats. No. But it's the vast majority of it is bats. No. Does it? Why do people foam at the mouth? Is that real? That is that? real because you develop severe hydrophobia. Like the act of swallowing gives you incredibly painful convulsions. Ow. To the point where you just can't even look at liquid without convulsing and throwing up and doing all of these other things. And so that's why you, you can't even swallow your saliva. So that's why there's so much saliva. And the virus also uh, replicates and stuff in the, sal- the salivary glands. And so that it's a very kind of smart virus. I love viruses. I mean, they're awful, but they're cool how they work. Yeah. It's like, this is how it's transmitted. And that's why one strain of rabies makes animals go crazy and want to bite because the virus wants to be transmitted. Wow. Yeah. So, don't get rabies. If you wake up and there's a bat nearby, go to the hospital. Thank you. But then don't you don't you have to get like they give you like 10,000 shots with like foot-long needles in your stomach? It's better than dying a horrendously painful death a month later. That's correct. Yeah. Huh. Well, rabies is really scary. You know, Stacy. this is all the more reason for Gaylord, for us to to break the manor free of its foundations and to airlift it over to Hawaii. Oh, God. Because in the Hawaiian Islands, there is no rabies. Well, that's nice. There's also no snakes. So if you're Jason, you can go there and not be afraid of snakes. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just saying, we could... We, for, if... If everyone helps us raise, you know, however oh, much money we needed for the again. Let's Scare Jessica to Death house, just for the price, for less than the cost of <sighs> a, a cup of coffee a day, <laughs> you too could help finance our airlifting of the manor to go. Hawaii. Here we go. Don't listen to Anthony, anybody, including me. <laughs> what did you say? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever, have you ever put an Alka-Seltzer tablet in your mouth and pretended you have rabies? No. It's fun. See what I mean? <laughs> That's what I mean. What? Then people just think rabies was a joke. Oh, oh, because I'm putting an Alka-Seltzer tablet in my mouth and going, Oh, no, look at me, I've got rabies, Governor. Exactly. It's like you know, these people, they put on their Cockney accents. <laughs> like, it's, oh, no, rabies on St. Swinning's Day. What are the odds? These TikTokers, these no good TikTokers with their Alka Seltzer tablets and their Cockney accents. The bat came down the chimney while I was sweeping it, I was. <laughs> it wanted a peek at me, muff. <laughs> and now I've got the rabies. Now I've got rabies. Crikey. <laughs> I'm just saying. I just want our list. I, I care about our listeners. You do. Okay, and I just you want are. everyone to be to live a rabies-free existence. And that's why today we are launching the (laughs) Stacey Jane Ponder Institute for the Study of Rabies. I also, I feel I need to speak my truth. Much as I am not briefcase woman. Yes. I think now is the time to let all of our listeners know that also my middle name is not Jane. No, and it never happened. (laughs) (laughs) Purely an Anthony uh, creation. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So uh, well, I feel good that I put that out there. 
you have taught me today. No longer will I laugh and put an Alka-Seltzer tablet in the Cockney <laughs> accent right. in my mouth. Thank you. This is all I want. Anyway. <laughs> oh, right. We're not... <laughs> well, Dr. Fauci, why don't you take that... Uh, no, thermometer. Keep, keep going. And oh. Point it somewhere else. Point it at this new film we're talking about. That's right. We're talking about a new movie today. A brand new movie. Something we never do because we can never be bothered. Uh, yeah, we're talking about a new movie. Who would have thought it? We had something else scheduled for today. We did. I even watched it. <laughs> yeah. And then Anthony went to see X and was like, I loved it. And I was like, all right, well, then I'm going to go. And so then I went and I was like, oh, wait, I loved it. Hell yeah, you did. So let's uh, do an episode. So that I always like to tell the story of how we arrived at the episode we're doing today. Maybe someone cares. I don't know. You need to paint the picture. Right. I'm a storyteller, okay? I'm a a storyteller. All right. I'm world building. God, I have to leave. I'm so happy you loved X. I I mean, for more dramaturgical background, my history with this film, well, actually, it was really both of us. We, we both saw the trailer, like, independently of each other. I thought to myself, I mean, my household said, yeah, I can't wait. Looks like Texas Chainsaw meets The Visit meets Zack and Mary. And I said, why? Was not interested whatsoever. I was like, hey, did you see the trailer for the new Ty West thing? You're like, I feel nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, it didn't feel like Ty West. And then I'm like, no. but now I'm like, well, maybe, maybe the Ty West that you love is gone, Stacey. I love Innkeepers oh. and House of the Devil, and it's like, uh, this is a completely different thing that has a few hallmarks of Ty West in it, for sure. It does. But I don't think that, I think the, the, the onus is on me to not immediately think Innkeepers and House of the Devil when the name Ty West comes up. Like, I think he's proven by now... That maybe I don't know what to expect. Maybe we don't know who Ty West is. And maybe I don't even know who I am. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so I was, I was so not looking forward to watching this. We had a, we had a late night staff screening at the theater and Jason really wanted to go. And I said, fine, I'll go. Even though I'm not going to feel a thing. I'm only going because Mia Goth is in it. And then I sat down, and out of anybody in that theater, I was I was the most excited. I loved it. I loved it. I emailed you, like, drunk in a bathroom stall at, like, 2 in the morning, and I said, you're asleep. I loved the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the next day, you went and saw it. I'm so happy you liked it. Yeah, I really loved it. It's insane. <laughs> it's completely insane. I would say, listen, people, uh, I would see it before listening to this. If you're interested in this movie, you should see it before listening, I would say. Yes, I would, and I would see it soon. This is what I told some of my little, my faggle last night when when we went out to a screening uh, of a different film. I said, stay off the internet as far as you can with this movie, especially like they're all going for it for Mia Goth too. And I was like, do not look up anything about Mia Goth in this movie. Because something will be spoiled. (laughs) And you need to... So stop the thing. Go see X. Enjoy it this weekend or whatever. And then then hit play on the rest of this episode, dear listener. So that's your warning. Well, that's your second warning. Your first warning this week is about rabies. Your second warning... (laughs) Go see X. 
<laughs> I think you'll like it. I don't think it's a film for everyone, but man, I really dug it. I I am still shocked how much I loved it. I can't stop thinking about it. I need to see it again. I think this is the first movie of this year that I genuinely loved. Um, even though I think it's also the first movie I saw this year, like besides Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I just, this one, this one stuck with me. It's nuts. It's funny. It's, um, well-made. And Mia motherfucking goth, man. It's a movie that has a lot to say about a lot of different things, or it's just weird. Right. Yes. You, you can, because I read so much into this movie, but I think you can also just watch it and enjoy it without having to worry about any of those things. What I was really nervous about going into this movie, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, I was really nervous going in because I was like, Ty West doesn't get women anymore, was my attitude. Because I loved House of the Devil, I loved Innkeepers, just like you. I'm all all about those two movies, long-ass movies of just these two queens, mostly solitary, hanging out in creepy-ass hallways. And I, I'm like, how better to capture the, the, the female experience? So <laughs> I, I, I love those movies. And then I saw The Sacrament. I was very unhappy with it. And then I like had a weird interaction with Ty West at a Q&A about how he depicts women and why he shifted how he depicted them in The Sacrament. Um, it was very strange. And then, and then he kind of disappeared. And then he did like that John Travolta and Ethan Hawke Western that nobody saw. And then I thought, well, whatever. And so then I saw this trailer and I'm like, oh, it's about the making of porn. And Ty West is putting me a goth in a porn. I'm like, he's not going to get it. But something that I love about this movie is how much it is about sex and sexual repression. And I think it's really, really, really important, especially these days. So I read so much into that. And that's why I loved it. I think a lot of people are going to come away from it just saying it's misogynist. Yeah, I can see I that. I can see that. Well, there's just so much to talk about. I will say, when you say, like, don't spoil the Mia Goth thing, I had no idea. The only thing I knew about X uh, was having seen the trailer. And then once a few, like, friends and stuff had started to go to screeners or whatever, everybody's like, I loved it, I loved it. But that was all I knew. <clears throat> However, I will say that the moment Pearl appeared on the screen, I said, that's Mia Goth. I said, hang on a minute. Look at those eyes. Look at that nose. Uh, yeah, I said, that's me, a goth. But then what happened is, you know, that my fucking Esther loving ass was like, okay, <laughs> why is that me, a goth? And so I was waiting for whatever this movie's equivalent of Esther's head falling off was going to be. I was like, is there like a time warp? A time rift! Is the is this like her in the past? Does one of them not really exist? Is it like blah 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 blah? So yeah, yeah. I was waiting for Maxine. I kept yeah. I kept expecting like towards the end. I was like, when is she gonna dissolve? Yeah. Like when is she? You <laughs> yeah. know, she's high tension. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But no, it's two separate characters. They're just mirrors of each other, and they just get to be each other's mirror, and you root for. Both of them. I was, I can't think of a movie where I'm, I mean, I know horror fans do this all the time, but I can't, because, but usually because it's like a horrible dude trying to kill a perfect woman, I'm never into it. But I've never, I can't remember a movie where I was rooting for the killer and the final girl at the same time. And I'm like, both are my queens. 
I was just like, I don't, this is not going to be to my tastes. This is not whatever. And, but these, I loved all the characters and didn't want any of them to die. It's very, it's a very charismatic film. Yeah. Okay. So X, what happens there? It's Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the the beginning. Kind of. It's basically, I cannot believe how many shots, especially because we watched it so recently, but so many of the shots are just about pulled directly from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. Um, yes, it's a group of uh, filmmakers. They're going to go shoot a porn, and they have uh, rented a boarding house on someone's farmland to shoot their porn. Uh, it's a very ancient old couple that live in the main house on it. <laughs> 700 uh, years old each. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maxine and Howard. Uh, I mean, uh, Pearl and Howard. Sorry. Oh, Pearl. Um, and uh, there's a lot of interpersonal drama amongst the film crew, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and then eventually Pearl starts. Pearl is horny. <laughs> Which and... is the, the alternate title. <laughs> yeah, it was originally the subtitle X colon Pearl is horny. <laughs> Unfortunately, she never says in the film, Pearl is horny. Yeah, it would have made things a little easier. Yeah, but she says it with her actions, okay? Uh, And she kills everybody. Like, that's the... (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, the real quick version. She sees them. She finds them fucking. That gets her all worked up. Yeah. And then she wants to start fucking, and then nobody wants to fuck, and then everyone has to die. Yeah, no one, her husband is like, I can't, my heart, and then finally, <laughs> oh boy, you just have to see this movie. It's, it's so good! It's... <laughs> oh my lord, there's a lot of, there are some very comedic moments throughout this movie. It's got it's a lot of gore in it. Very funny. It's very funny. Um, God, what a great movie. <laughs> Isn't it just so refreshing to see, like, I, I just, I had written Ty West off, I thought. Or I just had, not that I wrote him off, I just lost hope. And I was like, well, I guess he's just directing TV now. But to see, <laughs> I'm just so happy to see a, a really great, really fun horror movie that had me screaming. That's also very well done by a director that I classically really enjoyed. With actors that I love fantastic acting it's beautiful film it's shot incredibly well there's so many ingenious setups throughout this movie the editing as usual for ty west is on fucking point and baby that production design Mm -hmm. the styling i think that's the first thing i said to you as i was like because another film the other film that we were going to talk about was set in the 80s and you know it does that thing where nobody ever nobody ever looks right it's Texas Chainsaw 2003. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, because you have Jessica Biel singing Sweet Home Alabama does not make this seem like it's set in 1974. Yeah. Put a green filter on it, some grain, have her sing Sweet Home Alabama while she refuses the measles shot. <laughs> it's like just simple hairstyles is enough. But this movie, X, takes place in 1979 and it looks like it. It looks like it. The styling looks like it. The way the film is shot and put together. Like, it's Ty West. I mean, and that's the that's the first thing I remembered watching. I was like, oh, I forgot. He is a master of achieving that period style. Yeah. 
it's way juicier than I anticipated. Um, it's a slasher movie. Well, maybe this is, we could talk about this first, if you, however you feel about this. It's a slasher movie that is also a commentary on slasher movies with without being like totally surface meta like scream like did you know there's a final girl like it's not like that but it's like (laughs) it takes that entire final girl trope especially of the like what's a slasher movie about it's about punishing people for their sexuality right especially the women it always hinges on punishing female sexuality yes and it's like sure in a sense that happens here but it's also a commentary on that trope uh, as far as, well, who's doing the punishing here? <laughs> and isn't it ridiculous that the high and mighty Punisher, I mean, they're killing someone. Do you know what I mean? It's always like, oh, look at the look at the sexy girls that, oh, that one had sex. And so uh, she's got to die. Here we and have, now, my friend, you die. And here we have the horny killer, first of all. <laughs> And our final girl uh, is a porn star and exotic dancer. And she wants it. She is not. What is the line? Jason and I have been trying to remember the fucking, her mantra. Oh, the I'm not going to live a life that I don't deserve or whatever. Yeah, I will not settle for a life I don't deserve. Oh my God. And she just keeps saying that throughout the movie. And you have other characters who have... They try to explore their sexuality and they have freakouts and they they revert. But for Mia Goth, for Maxine, ain't no going back. No going back to that pre that that unsexual lifestyle. <laughs> I love it. And religion play is a huge backdrop, and I I loved th- that. It, it turns out that uh, Maxine is the wayward daughter of a fire and brimstone hell brimstone preacher. Yeah. Turns out she's his wayward missing daughter, whatever. I don't even know that that was completely necessary for me. I don't think it will. I would have gotten it without that. Yeah, but the religious backdrop of like the evangelical yelling on the radio and yelling on the TV and all of that really for me, I've talked about it in a few episodes, but it's just like right now I'm so ensconced in the 1970s. <laughs> yeah. uh, like especially American history or like how American history ties to Vietnam and all of these other things like the mm. Patty, Patty Hearst. We talked about it with like Texas Chainsaw and we talked about it with The Conjuring and like how fucked yeah. up the 70s were and all of that. And the emergence of the moral majority and the emergence of like getting back to religious values and yeah. blah 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 and so i loved that this movie played right into that right down to having a vietnam vet as one of the porn stars mm-hmm. um and having the basically like the, the the background music that keeps coming up again uh is telling us that we better get right and stop all that sinning yep yep yeah it's all set at that that the this crucial cultural intersection right yeah, yeah. and then and that it also, like, it's talking about that. It's talking about um, how film, the development of film in that era, too, and the, the similarities, not just, with, like, with the slasher critique, but you get the slasher um, and, the, and the prevalence of these horror filmmakers that actually started in porn. And look at the similarities and the differences between these two, between what it means to make, like, a hardcore porn in the 70s versus making a artful, you know, versus making Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, throughout the whole movie, uh, I was just thinking, like, everything they're saying about porn can be applied to horror. 
everything mm-hmm. where it's just like oh it's just degenerates who watch it oh it's just degenerates who make it oh it's just garbage it's just you know appealing only to our basest sensibilities i mean john carpenter is comparing horror and pornography decades ago yep you know and so it just it all feels like it's about horror as a genre i'm like i did not expect all of this from this movie it's smart it's a really smart movie for a movie that's about people go a slasher movie about people going to make a porno and they get killed by a horny old woman. <laughs> well, I mean, even on paper, it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. But it's like you hear that premise and you're like, okay, that's gonna be a doozy. But it's like you just—I didn't expect all of this, all of this to be under the hood. I guess. I thought it was going to be, look at these, look at these sexy sluts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and now, oh no, we're afraid of old ladies. And now it's The Visit Part 2. It's a commentary on that fucking horror movie trope and just uh, in general our fear of aging. But it's like, how often have we seen in recent years the scary old woman trope? Aren't old people gross? And so X jacks it up to fucking Chernobyl levels where it's like, the makeup on them is... They're 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 a hair shy of being the woman in the bathtub in The Shining, right? Like, yes, they look like their skin is rotting off of their bones, right? Yes. They're repulsive. But it's like, but and so I think also some people are going to take it away as just being more of that trope. But yeah. so often in the movie, they're real people, and it's saying like. Yeah, we're all going to fucking get old. We're all going to end up looking like that. And these are real people who still have desires and drives and emotions. And he affords them tender moments throughout the movie. And that's why, Anthony, you're rooting for Pearl as much as you're rooting for Maxine. Because they're real people. Exactly. And you know what? Hearing you say that, I wasn't as... I I, I wasn't Team Howard (laughs) in this movie. I was definitely Team Pearl. Um but now I, I didn't feel like we needed Howard and Pearl to have sex, but now we I understand that we do. Yeah. And I'm glad that we get that scene with them. Yeah. Because yeah, she's a real human being. What's even though she's played by like a twenty year old, which is also there's a there's an element of the grotesque behind that. It's so interesting that I like when Jason and I came out of this movie, we we're both talking about we fucking love Pearl. And we're talking about how many people are going to read this as hag horror. Um, Leslie Borden just did a great post about this. This will be that she was so excited for another entry in like hag horror, but how this might upend it. And I think it absolutely does upend it. There are so many people, just like you said, that will read this as a misogynist, ageist depiction. But I you can, I don't think you can deny, I mean, you can can try, but I just don't think you can actually solidly deny that this movie is not empathic towards her. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it, it shows in an extreme way, like, yeah, she starts killing everybody, but it's like, it, it shows in that extreme way of like, our bodies age, if we're fortunate, our bodies age before our minds do. And so you can be 80 years old and on the inside, you still feel like you're 30. Like, yeah, like not physically like, yeah, oh God, it hurts to get out of bed or whatever. But it's like, you still are going to feel like the same person. Do you know what I mean? And so I think. I still feel like a dumb fucking teenager. (laughs) Yeah. And so I just think this is a movie that is humanizing all of those characters that we've seen like hag horror used to be 
uh, audiences taking delight at sort of the... Because they were all iconic actresses who were taking these roles, and I think there was a perverted delight in, like, look how far they've fallen. Look how gross they look now. Oh, yeah. no, they've got the makeup on and blah, 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 blah. And the women were women were incredible actresses and could lend something like... Like, I will die on the hill of uh, Straight Jacket being a fucking incredible movie with an incredible performance from Jim Oh, it's a masterpiece. But in later years, it's not necessarily iconic actresses. It's just whatever capable actress in old woman makeup. And, oh, no, what if we see her naked body? Isn't that gross? Well, and now it's evolved to, thanks to the James Wanning, now it's evolved to men playing men in this grotesque sort of drag as the enacting the hagening. That's like a double slap in the face because it's like we don't even get the honesty of what an old woman's body and face looks like. We get the fucking prosthetics of it and then we can ooh and ah and be like, isn't she so gross? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's like a, she becomes, she's a ghoul. She's Pennywise. She's <laughs> she's not a real human being. And, there, and therefore she also, because of that, she has no value and we don't, we don't regard her as a real human being. But through this movie, there's enough, we see enough of Max, uh, Pearl and Howard's relationship. The sex scene is fucking hilarious because Mia Goth is trapped under the bed <laughs> while it's happening. And it's just amazing. And he Hearing goes all... Their, oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And kudos to Ty fucking West, who doesn't shy away from showing it in all its glory. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, you're going to see that old butt. Yeah, we're directly confronted with it. And it's, you know, the fact that it is Mia Goth playing Pearl and Maxine, like you said, they mirror each other. It's like, you might think you're the hot young thing now, and you might be the hot young thing now, but you're going to be Pearl eventually, if you live that long. Yes, even you, Anthony. Oh! (laughs) I'm going to give the prizes away. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) So it's just like, it was just remarkable, like you said, to have such, to be rooting for the final girl and the killer and to have such empathy for this person who's shooting all the people I don't want her to shoot yeah, and making them die in horrific ways. Man, R.I.P. Brittany Snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's so great on this. She was fantastic. Dude, that's when I said... Like, the first ten minutes of this movie, I was like, fight it, fight it, fight it, because I could (laughs) sense that I was enjoying the film. And, and, you know, I went went in trying to be open-minded, but I was just so like, "Mm, I'm gonna be mad. And and then by the time the musical sequence happens, in which Brittany Snow sings Landslide by Fleetwood (laughs) Mac, and we see... The classic split screen, Britney Snow singing Landslide, and we see Pearl sitting down in her vanity, putting on the makeup, and I'm hearing these lyrics about aging and dying, and I'm crying, (laughs) and I'm just like, I love this movie. (laughs) Yeah, it was surprisingly poignant. Uh, There was a surprisingly poignant shot just of, and I thought it was just incredible fucking production design. Of just, like, not even her putting on her makeup, but the, the shots of her makeup. Yes. That it was all dried out, and the yes. the little makeup cakes were all broken. And just, it was just like, but she still has them. Do you know what I mean? And it's just the tragedy of life that 
you will be that old and still on the inside feel like, no, I am still a vital fucking human being. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have grandma-itis. I think, well, I think we yeah. both do. Yeah. Um, we're absolutely grandma's girls. And I mean, I also was a little kid that loves going into my mom's room or my grandma's room and find their makeup. <laughs> and that classic, just like dried out pad of makeup. It's so real. It's so mm-hmm. real. And uh, the fact, like, when Mia Goth first, um, which also props for the outfits. I mean, Brittany Snow's romper, Mia yeah. Goth, and just the coveralls and the boots. Oh, so good. Hot. So good. And then Mia Goth, so Mia Goth goes for a swim. There, Ty West, also, thank you for understanding tension and suspense and making it beautiful. Her swimming in that pond, and then you just see an alligator slowly oh, swimming towards her. And my heart starts going, uh-oh, uh-oh. And Mia Goth is taking her time swimming back, and that alligator's right there, and she gets out of the water. Yep. And then she goes, she sees Pearl waving. Pearl waves. I start crying again. <laughs> Mia Goth goes and spends time with her. They sit down, they drink lemonade. Mia gulps down the lemonade, or Maxine, because they're both Mia. Maxine gulps down the lemonade and has to get out of there. But then she stops and she sees a picture of young Pearl. And Pearl, like, tries to appeal to her. Like, I was young once. I was a dancer. I still am that person. But Maxine is scared of her. And then me as the viewer watching this, and I get to, I'm like, Ooh, I want to see Kid Cutie's butt. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> why won't he turn around? This is an A24 film, isn't it? Um, <laughs> all Like, what is it where, like, oh, this is the sensual, hot, you know, this is the X. This is the X that the movie is named after. This is what we're coming here for. And we're happy. We love watching those scenes. But, like, but then there's the grotesquerie of Howard and Pearl. Even though at the end of the day, all people depicted are just living aging flesh sacks hitting up against each other (laughs) it's just which ones do you uh find appealing or does culture tell you are appealing or is acceptable because sex is acceptable when you're young and not when you're old i mean look at the early days of the internet we talk about shock horror it was like tub girl two girls one cup and lemon party lemon party was the old man rosebuds i don't even think they were rosebuds it was just like an old man orgy Mm mm-hmm Goatsy was the rose. Goatsy was the whole rose garden. <laughs> oh, Remember God, we the fights like, we've seen. We spent like seven episodes like investigating all of those like <laughs> at some point <laughs> yeah, in the those, pandemic. Those were, those were the days. But I mean, Lemon Party was, uh, you know, another shock thing. Like, oh my God, look at these naked old men. Yeah. We're, I mean, and maybe it's just, I mean... Part of it is just probably completely subconscious, just fear of death. You look at that and you say, that's going to happen to me someday. And it's just kind of repellent on a like primal level because we're all afraid of death, whether we know it or mm-hmm. not. Absolutely. But just, it's so, it's just so unfair that it, I mean, youth belongs to the young, <laughs> you know, but people are just written off. Like you're just not an actual person anymore. You are old and gross yeah and this whole movie pearl is fighting that she wants people to see her as a real person even howard howard loves her he looks after her he still talks about how she isn't well he understands that he's married to like a vague nymphomaniac but even is pearl a nymphomaniac or does she just want to get fucked (laughs) you know right 
Well, I think that's another criticism of this movie that people are going to have. is like, oh, the crazy old nympho woman kills everybody. And that's her reason is like she's basically the fallen woman and women's sexuality drives her crazy and she's got to kill. And to this I say, I hope you all stayed around for the uh, post credits. Thank you, Anthony, for telling me. Although I probably would have stayed. I always stay. Oh, it's so sad. I can't believe I got up and left. I need to go back immediately so I can see it. There's a post-credits stinger, which is basically the trailer for the prequel that is going, according to that, is coming soon about, it's called Pearl. It's about young Pearl. And just the bits that we see in the trailer are like, no, she's crazy. (laughs) Oh, really? This is is, like, she kills people. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's part of it. It's like... It's not just like, oh, we're punishing women's sexuality and like, look what sexuality will do to a woman. It'll drive her crazy. It's not that. I think I think that Stinger explains like. <gasps> so Pearl, Pearl wants to get fucked, deserves to get fucked, and also just happens to kill people all the time. Yeah, I think so. You know what? Good for her. Right. <laughs> if Jason can kill people. Yes. I stan a queen. <laughs> I want a whole I'm ha- I, I love that they're doing Pearl I love that Mia Goth and Ty West filmed this super secret prequel that nobody knew about somehow Ty West pitched it them both to A24 and was like if you want one you have to get the other they're making they're releasing it and I was like yes because the first thing when I came out of this movie not even having seen that end credit scene I was like Jason I want let's just like Ma I want a Pearl franchise like I, she is my new Freddy she is my new Jason my new Michael I just want to see her take off her clothes and just kill people and <laughs> love her I love her so much Man, at the end when she shoots the shotgun at Maxine and flies backwards, I lost my mind. It was fucking hilarious. It was so good. How? But how does he do this where he makes me invest in these characters to the point that I don't, I, I did not want anyone to die. By the time Landslide was being sung, I did not want anyone to die. And then, and then I'm laughing when Howard has his heart attack. Because Jenna Ortega go- goes <laughs> after yeah. being shot in the face. And he just falls. Over. I love Pearl shooting that gun and flying off. And then she does fall and break her hip, just like it was alluded to earlier. <laughs> How is it so funny? And I'm like, I'm willing to let go of these characters that I just feel so much for. I'm rooting for Maxine as she runs over Pearl's head and then it just explodes. Like, mm-hmm. Lorraine... Boy, what a journey that character is. First of all, she completely reminded me through the entire thing of Lauren Marie Taylor, who played Vicky in Friday the 13th Part 2. <gasps> yeah. The one who hits on Mark. Yeah. In the wheelchair. She really reminds me of her. Um, she starts out as the girlfriend of the cameraman. She's like the sound engineer, boom operator, whatever. Church girl. They call her church mouse. Yeah, wears a crucifix around her neck. Yeah. Uh, and then... <laughs> the night after the first day of shooting, she says, I want to be in the movie. And so they shoot a scene with her. She gets to be in the movie. And then she, through a series of, you know, movie plot happenings, she ends up trapped in the in Howard and Pearl's basement. Mm-hmm. And you're just rooting for her. And just as she's going to escape, she then, it's, you know, Maxine lets her out. And she's like, no, it's all your fault. All you porn stars. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that sex. And then she gets blown away. <laughs> Yeah, immediately. Oh. 
I thought we both thought they were going to be the two final girls. And because, because wistful glances down hallways, you know what I'm going to say. Jenna Ortega spends so like those first two sex scenes that they're filming where she's, you know, operating the sound and she's holding, she's holding that boom up over them. And she, you get, we get so many long lingering shots of her eyes glimpsing at the, the, the sex act as it is being performed in front of her. But she spends so much time, what I read was glimpsing at the women. Then she spends so much time staring at Maxine. And it's clearly this girl who is dating this just fucking pud <laughs> filmmaker. Which I love that Ty West just makes so much fun of this filmmaker all the way down to having him cry in the shower after his girlfriend goes to have sex with somebody else. <laughs> but that, uh, I, I felt so much that they were going to go off and they were going to fight at Pearl and Howard and then they were going to drive off into the sunset like bound, you know. <laughs> but no, doesn't happen. Yeah. Be- well, Lorraine is more of the classic final girl, right? Like, she's the good girl. And even though she went wayward, she then, you know, righted her course and got back with God and all that. She's more the classic final girl. Yeah. Gets right with God and then immediately gets blown away. And then what final girl makes it off? Maxine doing cocaine mm-hmm. <laughs> in the car after she runs over an old woman's head and flees a crime scene and then just repeats to herself, I will not settle for for a life less than I deserve. Mm-hmm. I love her. <laughs> well, when Maxine points the gun at Pearl, and of course we, the audience, knows that the gun is probably empty, but Maxine doesn't know it, and she, you know, it just clicks. There's, And then Pearl's like, divine intervention. And they make a big deal that it's divine intervention. Yes. Right? That's why she was saved, because she's pious, etc. Never mind the hypocrisy of it. But, like, then the way things play out from there and Maxine getting away, it's like the movie is saying, like, no, it's, we're all on a fucking even playing field. It doesn't matter how pious you are. It doesn't matter if you watch this preacher on your TV 24 hours a day or if you're his wayward daughter who runs away, snorts coke, and fucks people for money on camera. Yeah. It's an even fucking playing field, yeah. and no one has moral superiority. Yeah, yeah. Whether you, this is so great about this film, is regardless, I mean, despite your your privilege through class or race or your genders or any of these things, at the end of the day, in terms of our moral or whatever value, we're all fucking equals and we're all going to die. That this film, that like, well, what's the difference between Maxine dead in the road versus that poor exploded cow dead in the road? What's the difference between these these young hot people having sex versus these old disgusting people having sex? We're all just fucking meat at the end of the day. So what is the life that you are going to live? Like and the fact that Maxine goes through all of this, she comes out somehow not I mean, I'm sure the trauma will come up for her later, but she comes out of it just doing coke, make it off into the sunset, not traumatized. <laughs> Like she's gonna keep doing what she wants to do. You know what I mean? Like I, she's gonna be a star. She's gonna keep making those movies until she hits stardom. She's gonna do whatever she wants to do. She's gonna live her life. This isn't. She's not a changed woman that we can see because of this. Yeah. She didn't say like, oh, I was punished for those movies I was doing, and oh, the drugs and all of this. I was being punished. She's like, no, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing what I want. Yeah. It's so equalizing. It's so feminist. I said it. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so, despite that age makeup is weirdly anti-ageist, 
it's so sex affirming. We need sex in this culture, man. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it would have been, as far as like the age makeup and it not being ageist, this movie, think about this movie if it was Helen Mirren as Pearl. Mm. Just as Helen Mirren. Like, oh, here's a 71-year-old woman that everybody would still have sex with because she looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the movie would be completely different, but I think just jacking it so far in this grotesque direction just makes the point. It wouldn't be so hard to humanize Helen Mirren in this role. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't have a hard time humanizing Pearl, but it's like, but people are repelled by pearl physically for sure the characters in the movie and i'm sure audience members yeah 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 absolutely versus it was a hot old woman yeah then it would be very different yeah it would be very different but we would also and i can see the like oh why are you taking roles away from (laughs) i could see that argument too but like because this movie on top of all of that is also so concerned with duality with um, sex versus repression, with old versus young, with uh, porn versus horror. And then we get these characters that at the end of their climactic moment together, they're standing in front of a fucking mirror. It, this could not be played by anybody other than Mia Goth. I don't know that I would want it, I would ever want to see anyone other than Mia Goth play Pearl. And it is, it's perfect. (laughs) It's perfect. I love Mia Goth. I love that she gets to be a fucking freak in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> she's amazing. This, I I mean, to see her as Sarah in Suspiria, this just, like, very esteemed, well-to-do, very trained, very bird-like entity <laughs> that is Sarah. <laughs> and then to see her just go com- in two completely different places and get to fully inhabit these just weirdo fucking characters. Good job, Ty West. Good job, Mia. Good job. I love X. I love X. I'm truly shocked, truly surprised. I really didn't see it coming. And yeah. Boy, oh boy, what a movie. What a movie. I can't wait for Pearl. I can't wait. I need I need a whole fran- Pearl through the decades. <laughs> right. Pearl in space. She could get cybernetically reconstructed and she comes back in space. Oh, sure. Why not? Just give me all the Pearl. Yeah. Hear my call, Ty West. Wow. Well, okay. With all of that said, Stacy, are you ready to, to put on your old age makeup and place your head on the chopping block? Makeup? Oh, well. <laughs> sure, why not, Sonny? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what? I took my love, took it down. <laughs> talk about sorry the dance scene <laughs> when pearl kills him and then she does her dance in the red light oh all right that's all i had to say um and martin henderson of the ring i didn't even recognize him at first wait he was uh <gasps> what was his name he Wayne. Was, he was the guy that's not ryuji who's ryuji isn't that his name in the first in the ring oh yeah He's her boyfriend in the American mm-hmm. one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? Children get older. I'm getting older, too. The chopping block. It's a block. You get chopped on it. 
If you, maybe. Maybe if you don't answer the questions right, because that's right, you get three categories of questions that you have to choose from. You choose your category. You are subjected to five questions with ten seconds to answer each. If you get anything wrong, you're dead. Your head gets cut off. If you get anything right, you win. But you have ten extra seconds sometimes for one question. See, I changed it, and now I don't know what it is. Yep. But if you, you know, well, you know what the game is, people. You say, I want the wig, and then, and then um, Pearl's hair appears <laughs> on your head. And then Britney Stowe sings Landslide. The heads they and I both cry, and you earn an extra ten seconds to answer just that question. Um, and then maybe you live, maybe you don't. But the real question about this game is who who goes first? Because I don't I don't remember. Oh oh oh! <laughs> My bad. Just a little nap there. During this enticing entertainment, <laughs> it was too painful for me. You're welcome. Uh, I don't know who goes first, and frankly, I don't care. Well, in that case, I'm going to ask you first. Great! I would love to answer first. Stacy, you have three new categories. What? All coming your way. That's right. No two and an old one. Not Who today. are you? I don't know. I don't I'm somebody no. who is just freshly invigorated by Pearl. Yeah, wow, okay. Well, don't get excited because they're not great. But your your <laughs> first new category, now this one is is pure just sadism. This one is just awful. Um so don't pick it. But <laughs> but if you want to have one of those days, you can. Your first category is letter they's jacket, in which you have fifty seconds to name five horror or genre films that use standalone letters as their title. Or as a significant part of their title. And then you can include made-for-TV movies as a little hint. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. So, so films like X or, you know, X subtitle, colon, um, what Pearl wants to Pearl, get. Pearl Horny. Pearl Horny. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to name five of those. So that's Letter They's Jacket. Your second category is Too Hot for TV, parentheses, that's why these are movies. In which I describe bonkers sex scenes in horror, and you just tell me the movie. Mm. Your third new category is old like me. And now this category is all about the highs and lows of age makeup in horror films. I describe the made-up role, and you tell me the movie. So, your three categories are Letter They's Jacket, Too Hot for TV, parentheses, that's why these are movies, or old like me it's all old age makeup mm-hmm. oh boy i don't know i'll do that one because i'm curious oh you're gonna get these you're gonna well, get these we'll see you're gonna get these all right here we go wait where's my stopwatch okay there we go here we go old like me now remember you just tell like i i don't name some of the characters and stuff but don't get confused by that you just tell me the mo- what movie it is all right uh okay Okay, number one. Despite convincingly playing the old priest, he was really only ten years older than the young priest in this film. The Exorcist. Ding, 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 ding. Who would have thought ten years older, Max von Sydow? Uh, Number two. The titular star of this made-for-TV movie warns the mean girl that one day everyone will see how ugly she truly is. And that comes true when Magical Wind ages her at the film's climax. 
the, the initiation of Sarah. Ding, 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 ding. It was so long. I didn't remember if you wanted a name or a movie or what. Oh, boy. My <laughs> attention span. Microscopic. Microscopic. Okay. Uh, okay, number three. Guy Pierce resembles a California raisin when he plays a corporate tycoon whose daughter gets crushed by a space donut in what film? Oh, right. Uh, oh, uh, alien, uh, uh-oh, alien, <laughs> that was the uh, alien, um, you know what I mean. Naomi Rapace. <laughs> that is not the title, but keep trying. You have five seconds. No, no, alien, oh, no, what is it? Alien, you're oh, dead! Dead! Right <laughs> oh! fire from the gods i said prometheus wait you did say it yes did you say it after i said you're dead that's what i was asking <laughs> obviously we spoke at the same time oh. ty goes to the runner i'm still alive you're still alive you're still alive we'll we'll review the tape but you're still alive okay <laughs> i loved <laughs> I did not hear you say Prometheus. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I said it twice. It must have been, we must have spoken at the same time. And neither of us can speak and hear simultaneously, so. That's true. We have that. It's a thing. It's rare blood of, disease. Yeah, it's 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 like a strain of rabies. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I had to get a transfusion. Number <laughs> number four. Stacy, you're almost there. Number four. That was four. painful. I can't believe I thought it was an alien movie. Well, I was going through all the titles, and I'm like, none of these are right. Well, it oh, doesn't boy. help that the next one is called Alien Covenant. So that's why that confused you. That was a big mind journey. Because all of them are called Alien except that one. Oh, okay. All right. Number four. Wigless and alone. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> reality series where they drop you in an island. No wig. wig. Please, I need a wig. How will you're I gonna, survive? You're, you'll have to fashion one from palm fronds. <laughs> Yeah, they, you still have all the modern trappings and conveniences <laughs> at a store just and a house. No you just don't have a wig. <laughs> It'd be a good show. Um, Discovery Plus, $50. Okay, number four. In what film's opening scene does, or opening scenes, does a piece of shit British Republican actor appear as an ancient Wallachian count with white hair and the shape of a butt? What? What are all these words? <laughs> Dracula? Dracula! Yes, ding, 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 ding! <laughs> like, oh boy. Okay. I had a drink when I wrote these. Painted um, a picture with that one. Okay. Number five. Excuse me. Sorry. Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Ruth's Chris Dracula. Thank you. That is the correct full title of the film. I appreciate right. it. Uh, as portrayed by Gary Oldman. Piece of shit. Number five. Alex Esso is embarrassingly transformed into a 90-year-old woman who regressively ages like Benjamin Button in this ham-fisted television series you haven't seen. <laughs> Midnight Mass. Ding, 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 ding! Well done! Well, you won! Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. A hotly contested victory, but a victory nonetheless. Oh, absolutely not contested at all. I just didn't hear you. You won. Okay. 
Yeah. You toured you toured the halls of the fake age. Incredible. Um, Who's the wordsmith here? Listen, I told you I have a headache in my eye today. <laughs> <laughs> The chopping block is free and clear of blood, viscera, rabies, saliva, everything. It's been disinfected with Lysol wipes. Oh, good. It smells like lemon. I bet you can buy those now easily again since the pandemic's over, right? I No one has washed their hands in at least 18 months. <laughs> yeah, that's topped along with the clapping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, you only have one category because for some reason you really wanted this category, and uh, so two weeks later, listeners, if you don't know the history behind this category, you have to go back, I think, two weeks when I made a fool of myself. Anyway, you have one category, and I don't feel confident about it, that it's going to be the hit that you see, think it's going to be. But whatever, not my business. Okay. I'm so I just, excited. The category is called, remember, dot, 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 what movie was that? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, it's not just me. I have had many messages from listeners, too, telling me how excited they are. Listen, everybody, I implore you, first of all, beware of rabies. Second, go see X. Third, temper, immediately temper your expectations. (laughs) Oh, because all I did was look at my movie shelves and then write down five titles, and now I don't know what to do. Oh, wait, to... you didn't even... <laughs> no! You tried to honor the... You, you're trying to honor the original fugue state that led to this category, that question. Exactly. So I, I wrote down five movie titles. I guess I have to describe them according to the category title. Remember... When something happened, what movie was that? And then you have to tell me the movie. But if I give you, like, character names or something, I think you'll guess it. So I have to not give you character names. Yeah, it all has to be like, remember that guy? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) I love that you're just doing this on the fly. (laughs) Yeah. Big mistake. Huge. What movie was that? It's Pretty Woman. Okay. (laughs) Movie number one. (laughs) Uh, remember the, there's a scene in the convenience store when the girl behind the counter is like, we don't take no food stamps. What movie was that? Oh! Oh! Uh, Friday the 13th Part 3. Yes! Ding, ding, ding! Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god. That's right. Oh, this category is terrifying. I well, I I feel if I had said a name, if I was like, you know, when the bikers are there and then Shelly, they take his wallet, and like you would have gotten that easy. So I'm trying to make it a little tough, but is that too tough? Oh, this is terrifying. No, this is this is that's great because it. Oh wow. Okay. All right. Movie number two. Here we go. Oh fuck. All right. Remember. (laughs) 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 Remember when they're all standing around. And it's real quiet, right? They're all standing there. And then they're all scared and it's dark. And then one of them is like, hello, please. And then another one is like, stop it. And then in the camera, we see one of them. And then a monster pops up behind her. What movie was that? <laughs> the Descent. Yeah, yeah. Take the 
honestly, the hello is what gave it away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That was Holly screaming that, wasn't it? Uh, that was that was Becca was screaming it, and Becca. Juno t- told her to be quiet. Okay. That's right. Movie number three. Um. Okay. Remember when uh, this one character is in a locker room and she opens up a locker and she takes out a jock strap and she starts smelling it and like stretching it and she's having the time of her life. What movie was that? <gasps> oh. Um. Just because of law, lo- I'm I'm just gonna guess killer workout. Yes, that's oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah, it was when uh, when I forget what her name is. The one of the the other the slutty instructor. Oh, who's when always late for her classes. She's always late for her classes and wears her fingerless gloves. She like finds a jock strap and she's like, "Wee!" and just like doing all kinds of stuff with it. <clears throat> and then Rhonda walks in and laughs at her. Where's Marsha Carr? Where's our live show? <laughs> Honestly, okay. Movie number four. You're doing great. I go. can't believe this. I have no idea what I'm doing. So, all right. Uh, this movie. Remember, it's towards the end when things are going crazy and there's this like clock, this digital clock, and the clock is like, it's one, it's two, it's three. Like the clock talks, and it's like, it's one o'clock, it's two, it's three, and you're like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> terrible hint wait that's it uh, uh um um uh creep show yes that's oh it. really yeah the clock talks yeah he's oh. fancy because he has that whole like system that talks to him and stuff and the clock those are like roaches in the clock and the clock is like it's one it's two <laughs> it's one one it's two okay we have a new character i'm pretty <laughs> sure it's the creep show the clock, clock. Ups and starring as Ups and Pratt's clock. It's one. It's, it's two. one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I could be making that up. I guess we don't I know. Hope it sounds just like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You'll get this one. This one's easy. Uh, okay. Movie number five. Remember when the guy is standing on a street and he's like, Hello! Is anybody there? And there's palm fronds all dried up and blowing around. What movie was that? I want the wig. Um, palm frond? Hello. There's a palm fronds and newspapers floating around in the wind. Oh! 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 It's uh, Day of the Dead! Yes! Day oh! of the Dead! <laughs> Well. Wow. Well, I hope you enjoyed yourself. You survived. I, you, the lady can protest all she wants. I love that category. Okay. It's incredible. <laughs> What's so weird about it, Stacy, is like, I don't know if it's just because I know you. I don't know what it is. But like, like the, the, the only two that I actually remembered, like explicitly remember from those movies was The Descent and Day of the Dead. Whoa! Like, but with you when you said newspapers, that's what got me. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, the for newspaper, that. the dead walk. Yeah, I knew it with newspaper, but like otherwise, I didn't remember any of those instances. <laughs> and the same thing happened with nightmare when I said Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, when you did the question that one time, when 
when we it led to this category. So I don't I don't know if it's just how you say it. It makes it evokes the movie somehow. Look at look at her conveying messages and under and ideas through words like she's a fucking writer or something. <laughs> well, that's good. Okay, because it was like I, I don't want to give it. If I was like, remember in the movie when Juno said to Sarah, this <laughs> I was like, well, that would be too easy. So it's like to try to you know give you hints and stuff without too much. But I don't know how it works. But I I can't believe I got it. I just... I can't believe you got it either. I can't. I'm so. I love that category. Thank you. Well done. Very All well right. done. Well, then I will not. Uh, well, if it's a success, then it will have to stay in the rotation. I, we have to incorporate it for the at home re- board game at least, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Ooh, good job. We both live. Wow. We're, we're winners. We're winners this week. We loved the movie and we survived the encounter with the head slide. Side note, how often do you think about the descent, which is often, right? But how often do you Every think day. about that? And and then and then you just start going, Borum Caves. Borum Caves. <laughs> More like Boredom Caverns. Yeah. <laughs> God, those fucking queens. That movie. Well Wow. What a week, I say. What a week. What a week. Uh, everybody please stay rabies free. <laughs> so wait you read the article about the man with the bat recently and that's what happened what huh it's just like what triggered this i was just thinking about rabies but th- did you read about the bat and then you started thinking about rabies or you just you discovered that in your research i i had read about rabies a couple of months ago but i thought about it again so i was like i better read some more about rabies okay. and that's when i found the dude who found out about the dude from last year and i wondered about it and i was like i wonder if he was just an anti-vaxxer in general oh it's a horrible thing to say about the dead but why would you re- i mean it could have been economic concerns that very would, well could be i would have to get my head run over like pearl before i'd be like all right i'll go to the doctor <laughs> Because I live in America. Yeah. And that means you're entitled to shit. I'm entitled to jack shit. And so if I got if I woke up with a bat on my neck, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to get rabies. <laughs> Guess this is my brooch now. Yeah, this is it. Okay. Wow. But to listeners, especially listeners who live in other parts of the world where you can just go get your health care, uh, don't get rabies, okay? Okay. <laughs> rabies. Aspire to not. Inspired to not have. I say no to rabies. Okay. But I say yes to X. Yeah, X uh, gonna get ya. Go see X if you can. Um, otherwise, whatever. GaylordsofDarkness.com. You know all that. I feel like we can skip that this week. Um, okay. <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> How you doing? Okay. <laughs> Fading fast. <laughs> Clearly. Okay, well, goodbye. Just stop the thing. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my god! god. Oh, oh my god! god. Oh. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness!